0: Hello, this is Emily. Before we get on to the upcoming episodes, I just have three quick announcements. Firstly, it's about sound quality. I'm afraid my small dog Mimi had snuck into the room and though she was under a chair, she started to snore very loudly. We didn't think the microphone was going to pick her up, but when I was editing it, I discovered it did and I wasn't able to edit out all of her snoring. Sorry. Secondly, a bit of a correction. In the last episode... Resurrections Part Two. I say that the mother of Mary is called Elizabeth. Her name was actually Anne. She had a cousin called Elizabeth, and I seem to have confused the two. Third point is also on names. In the episode you're about to listen to, I keep calling the leader of the Partholonians Magog, when the leader of the Partholonians was Partholon. They were called the Partholonians because their leader was called Partholon. I should have worked that one out. Again, very sorry, and I do hope you enjoy the upcoming episode. To Tales from the Shadows, the podcast where the Shadow Girls get together, talk about stories, storytelling, and other things. I'm Emily Collins.
1: I'm Shannon Nuland, and
0: I'm Orla Devlin. And today we're talking about origin myths, particularly the origin myths of Ireland. Shannon, what is the origin myth of Ireland? There's several different
1: versions of it, but the the big one is the Book of Invasions, which is basically a telling of, like, the people that came to Ireland, took it over for a few years, died, then a couple of years later, more people come, take it over for a few years, die, and it, it kind of goes on like
0: that. Um, the history of Ireland is a history of invasions. And plagues. Invasions, <laughs> plague, and death. Um, but um, It's why we're such a cheerful
1: nation. Oh, yeah, yeah. The book of invasions starts off... Um, and it's actually kind of a Christianisation of a lot of older pagan myths.
0: Yeah, who do we know who wrote the book or Well, there's loads of different sort of theories bits and,
1: and mm. bits. Like there's there's an older version written of a lot of the story. But the kind of the the book of invasions as we understand it now was written by monks.
0: Alright, oh, yeah. I would explain the, the Christianisation of the book. Yeah,
1: <laughs> sound. But a lot of the myths are a good bit older than what we consider like the canonical book of invasions and we don't really know who wrote them <laughs> right, great. would it
2: be like a collection of just stories a little bit and yeah. then finally you know word of mouth and passed down orally mm. and then finally it was written down by the monks. Yeah. Like the most of our historical <laughs> yeah. texts. They were the
0: ones who knew how to write stuff down.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they were like, how do we put a Christian spin on this? Hmm, let's see. <laughs> let's make these three god people here into normal people. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Aww.
1: Let let's link in a bit of Old Testament in there. They actually do that in the first story in the Book of Invasions, which is a story of Caesar, who are, and she was apparently the first person to come to Ireland. It's interesting, actually, to look at this from a theological perspective, because the main character, the main driving force, is a woman.
0: Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Is she evil?
1: Yeah, and she's not evil. What? (laughs) What? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Why don't we talk about this more? I know,
1: so weird, right? (laughs) But she's the granddaughter of Noah, Mm. in the kind of Christianized version, in... Some of the older versions, it's... She kind of appears as one of, like, a triple goddess sort of thing. Um, So, do you want to
0: start her story at the beginning?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. No. So, Cesar was the granddaughter of Noah. We all know who Noah is. He built the Ark that had two of every animal on it to survive Yahweh's flood. But Cesar had heard this prophecy about the flood, and she went to Noah with her father, Bith, and her brother, Ladra, to ask if they could go on the Ark. But Noah refused them entry to the Ark because Sesu's father, Bith, was a thief in his youth. So he wasn't without sin, and the Ark wouldn't be protected
2: if he was on it. I didn't know that was a prerequisite for getting on the Ark.
1: Yeah, because the whole flood was to wipe, wash away the sin. Wash
0: what was away it? the sin of the world. Oh, so yeah. boring. What about the sin of you know letting your son drown?
1: Yeah, is
0: he even really your son
2: if he's a sinner? Do you know? <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> and we've got off track. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But Sasser basically goes up to Noah Says well You, know, you can keep your Ark You big stupid man you um, In not so polite language And goes off Builds three arcs of her own <laughs> um, And she populates them With 150 women 50 women per Ark Of um, nice. all art and science They have all the knowledge they need To start a new civilization <laughs> You and just she... had
0: two of every animal Yeah
1: <laughs> And she brings three men with her, Bith, her father, Mm -hmm. Ladra, her brother, because he's a ship's pilot and a young man called Fintan, who she has a bit of an eye for. Mm -hmm. So she brings these three men on her boat and the three boats set sail and her journey basically makes the Odyssey look like a paddle in a peddle around a pond. So Cesar would have come from somewhere around like North Africa, kind of Sudan-Ethiopia area. Mm-hmm. And as the flood waters begin to rise, she kind of goes all around the Mediterranean, around the Alps, and straight to Gibraltar, and ends up in Ireland. But on the way, two of the ships get wrecked. Oh. When she gets to Ireland, she's only got the 49 other women on her boat, and the three men. She pulls the ship in to Doondalgon. Down in the south, and she is the first to jump off the ship, so she's the first person to ever set foot in Ireland. Because Ireland's a compl- her her thinking behind coming to Ireland is it's an empty land without sin, so it won't be touched by the flood. right nice. good
0: plan. Mm.
1: Lazra is the next one to jump down, but he gets his foot impaled on an oar
0: the, the on the Egypt. way out. Great,
1: good job. He's yeah, because he's a big agent, <laughs> and his is the first bloodshed in Ireland. And then Bith. Follows, and then the rest of the women. They organise themselves into three groups. Uh, they split the fifty women in three. A third go up north with Bith. Uh, third go south with Ladra, and a third stay in the middle with Sesser and Fintan. But Bith is old. He soon dies. And he's the first man buried in Ireland. So the third of women that went up with Bith, they come back to Cesar and they're split in half again. Half stay with Cesar and Fintan, half go down south with Ladra. But Ladra's wound from coming off the ship festers and he dies. (laughs) Then the women come back and suddenly Fintan is faced with... uh, Fifty women, he has to um, satisfy. Uh,
0: yeah, there's a lot of light bulbs that need changing and rubbish to be taken out.
1: <laughs> yes. Um,
0: that's entirely what they were thinking about. Mm-hmm,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and so he kind of has a
2: meltdown. Like Love Island. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Yes, that's exactly what it's <laughs> sorry. like. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so
1: Finton has a bit of a meltdown, freaks out, runs off to a cave. That night in the cave, he has a dream that he's a fish. And when he wakes up, he's a fish. And he goes swimming off. And...
0: <laughs> Orl and I are doing swimmy hands. He's swimming yeah. hands. Fish hands.
1: Um, Cesar dies of a broken heart. Aww. And is buried... Where was it you were saying? I've totally oh, forgotten
0: it. It's somewhere in Galway.
1: Yeah, somewhere in Galway. Uh, that's uh, It's a occurring that's known as Cesar's Tomb. And the women kind of make do as much as they can, but soon the flood waters come and eat up Ireland anyway. Because,
0: and also yeah. you know, forty nine women, no males.
1: Yeah, they they die out pretty quick. <laughs> uh, not because women can't fight or do stuff; they were like warriors and all that. But biologically, yeah, they couldn't. It, it's yeah, it's
0: difficult yeah. to have a next generation.
1: Yeah. yeah, so they all died out, and Ireland goes underwater with the floods. Fintan stays as a fish for a while as the floodwaters recede. He has a dream as a fish that he's a hawk and he wakes up, but he's a hawk. Yeah. And then this happens again. He becomes a deer and he becomes a bear. And this kind of keeps happening until he's spent 5,500 years in Ireland. Finally, he's a man again. (laughs) Um. And he tells everyone the history of the land because he's there as kind of an observer throughout all the rest of the invasions that we're going to talk about
2: mm. now. So is he like a through line then? Yeah. yeah. Oh! Okay. Yeah, he
1: kind of... So the Book of Invasions lasts about 5,500 years chronologically mm-hmm. and Fintan's the one who sees everything happening. It's kind of like his curse because he abandoned them. Yeah. He gets to see uh, everything that will happen.
0: But, not but he, at, he can't affect it. He yeah. can't be
1: part of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Affect anything. Interesting thing that, um, about him turning into the fish and the salmon, he's often connected with the salmon of knowledge. Yeah. Which um, people who've grown up in Irish primary schools will know about. Finn McCool and the salmon of knowledge.
1: Yeah, and brother on fassa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because apparently, if you eat hazel, hazel, hazel yeah. nuts. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's hazel. He ate. Uh, the fish ate nine, nine hazelnuts, hazelnuts and he got all the knowledge in the world. Yeah. It was
1: all the knowledge and wisdom in the world.
2: Yeah.
1: And he, the fish lived in the bottom of a well known as Cunnel's Well. That's connected to another story which is the story of my name <laughs> but I'm not going to go into that today but that's another thing about someone looking in, getting all the knowledge in the world and mm. stuff. So fish, hazel trees and wisdom are kind of all
0: together. All so together. kids, yeah. if you're studying for some exams... Go have some salmon with uh, some nice roasted hazelnuts.
1: <laughs> yeah. What's interesting about that is that they're all very high on omega-3s. And, yeah, so yeah. There's, there's a grain of truth yeah, there. brain food. Brain yeah. food. Yeah. Right,
0: yeah. so yeah. Cesar, Cesar's invasion didn't really work out too well. No. Right. Um,
1: but she was purportedly the first person ever. There, there was that, yeah. no one odd. before in art.
2: Was Cesar... Maybe I'm getting mixed up here. But was Cesar the one who, like, roamed the land for, like, 440 years? Is that part of her... Uh, I think myth? that's sort of Fintan. Is that
0: Fintan? Yeah. yeah. In, in various animal forms going, I'm a Hawk. No, cause i
2: No, because I read something and it tied it to the Exodus in oh. Judaism. So, like, where they, they wandered the land mm-hmm. for 40 years or whatever, yeah. except this whatever pre-Gaelic Irish tribe wandered it for 440 years. Um, and it was, again, tying back our sort of pre, pre-history yeah, think... to judo-Christian. It's Genesis. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, someone descended of Noah. Could be so um, so a... And then... Oh,
1: that could also be, because there's a thing with the Parthelonian...
2: Yeah, so it tells us of how Noah's son, Japheth is the forebearer of all Europeans, how Jepeth's son Magog is the forebear of the Gaels yeah. and Scythians, and how Phineas Farsaid is the forebear of the Gaels. Phineas, a prince of Scythia, is described as one of the 72 chieftains who built the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. And then his son weds a, an Egyptian pharaoh's daughter, and they have a son named Gwydil Glass. <laughs> and then Gwydil crafts the Gwydelic language, which is the Gallic language, from the 72 languages. from confusion of tongues and then Goudel's offspring the Gudales, the Gales yeah. leave Egypt right. the same time as the Israelites All right, but during they, they go Exodus. direction they go a different direction and the Israelites spend 40 years wandering the wilderness whilst the good old Gaels have to spend 440 <laughs> years wandering
0: Never. I got the short end of that stick and they, they, know, they don't yeah. even end up in a land of milk and honey
1: yeah exactly it's well, interesting you know that figure of Magog mm-hmm. that you said but the Partholonians and the Nemedians are said to be descended from Noah through him as well. Yeah. Like as a separate myth.
0: Yeah. Uh, so well, on that, will we move on to the Partholonians? So, the next people to arrive in Ireland were the Parthenons. Uh, and they were sort of based around Sicily, Greece originally. And their leader, oh God, what is his name? Magog. <laughs> yeah, the guy we were talking the guy about. Yeah. about. <laughs> uh, Magog. Um... Basically, he he had been you know in a royal succession debacle, as you often were if you're a prince, and he kind of messed up by killing his rivals who were also his family members. As he did, as he do. I mean, gotta do what you gotta do. And then he became cursed, and it was cursed basically that anything he did, no matter how much he tried, he would never fully succeed. And he thought, well, this is a, a sort of Greek curse, so just get out of Greece. So he set sail with his various followers and things, and they eventually landed in the island that was Ireland. The flood had gone away. It had been uninhabited for 300 years. Uh, Fintan was still roaming around as a bird or a yep, goat or something. As
1: you do. As
0: it <laughs> was, was a rabbit at this stage. Yeah. And they
1: and they,
0: <laughs> and they. settled in Ireland. And in Ireland, there Ireland wasn't very habitable at the time. There was only one plain that could be, you know, used for grazing and growing crops and things. Like
1: three rivers... Yeah. Oh, three lakes, nine
0: rivers. Three lakes and nine rivers, which um, wasn't great. So they set about clearing the land. They made four plains. And they introduced, you know, raising cattle, settled dwellings, mm. farming. And things were going great for them for a while. I mean, they divided the country into four. And, you know, they were prospering. and They got, you know, their population up to 9,000, 4,000 men. 5,000 women. Uh, they, they'd learned from the previous invasion that you need sort of even gentles. <laughs> and, you know, things were going grand, but then that curse caught up with Magog. And a plague came. And a plague wiped them all out within one week. 9,000 dead. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they allegedly, in some versions, while they'd been doing, you know, the settling and growing crops and things, they'd also been having to deal with the Fomorians. Now, the Fomorians were a, a god-like race, but they were dark gods. They were full of dark magic. They loved warfare and bloodshed and cruelty.
1: They were kind of the antithesis to the Tuode Yeah,
0: a little bit. Like, if the De Danann are sometimes called the People of Light, and the Fomorians Femurian, would be the People of Darkness. So, Magog, while he was trying to, you know, settle Ireland, he was also having to deal with these demon pirates. the the Fomorians are described often as being seafaring they come and they do raiding parties so I think of them as demonic pirates uh, Vikings Vikings but anyway um, they managed to fend off the Fomorians but then the plague came and wiped them all out and the Fomorians well they weren't very interested in actually settling around so they had their base on Tory Island but they didn't actually settle Ireland so invasion number two not great. I mean, they, they did a bit of clearing and mm. introduced like animal husbandry and stuff, but uh,
2: solid four out of ten. But yeah. uh, they were like the civil engineers, you yeah. know? Yeah,
0: yeah, they like set, set a good base. Yeah, they they lasted for you know a while, but um, Ooh.
1: they made Ireland habitable for the next group of chancers.
0: Yeah. And like, we're, we're, each invasion is learning from the last, like, uh, the Cessar's invasion, okay, you need. Uh, even gender populations. Mm-hmm. You don't just leave it to one man. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Magog uh, discovered, okay, you can't escape uh, an ancestral curse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, third time a charm?
2: Let's see. Third time a charm. Third time is the Numidians? Numidians. 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 So, these guys arrive 30 years then after the Parthelonians? Yeah, that's how you say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were headed by this guy, Named, who was also related to Noah.
0: Yeah, because mm-hmm. everyone had to be yeah. related to Noah.
2: Everyone very, had to be related yeah. to Noah.
1: Both, like, the Parthelonians and Namedians, this, the names sound really Greek. Yeah. And stuff, so it's interesting to look at that in terms of what the monks who were writing this would have been reading and writing. Yeah. And well, they
0: would have gone, like, everything came from, like, Greek and Rome. Yeah, yeah, and sure, they all spoke Latin, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. so they would wouldn't be necessarily like Irish mm. names as we know. It also them.
1: opens up loads of like interesting ideas around like trade, mm. kind of thousands of years ago mm. in Ireland. Well, yeah, because like, we always think of everywhere being so far away from each other back then, but there was, there was a sea routes, active
0: trade, mm. yeah. yeah. I mm. mean, Ireland wasn't quite as central to it because we we're just that bit further, but there still mm. was we're like, on the edge, and yeah, I yeah. still find like. Greek and Roman and even some Egyptian artefacts in Ireland because of the the trading that was going on. But anyway, um, back to Named. Oh yeah, sorry. So...
2: Ireland had been uninhabited since the died started the plague, and the Nemedians set sail from the Caspian Sea in forty-four ships. But after a year and a half of sailing, the only ship to reach Ireland is Nemed's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something similar to something yeah. si- We're noticing a pattern a bit of here. A trend. So Nemed landed in Ireland with his wife and his four chieftain sons. And a couple of others. And then after that, his wife died 12 days after they arrived. Mm. And she's buried in Armagh. Isn't that nice? When they arrive, four lakes just burst from the ground. (laughs) And then also a couple of more clearings are built up as well. So they're improving on the infrastructure. They're making Mm. it a bit more uh, hospitable. And all the planes sort of burst up all over Ireland. You know, which I think ties back to... You know, if it is sort of tied back to actual invasions and Vikings and whatever, you could look at it as just sort of primitive towns being started up and that being tied in. Numid, in his time, wins four battles against the mysterious Fomorians. The demon pirates. The demon pirates. Yeah. Modern scholars believe the Fomorians were a group of deities who represent the harmful or destructive powers of nature. So, like, chaos, darkness, death, blight and drought. So they're even more of so abstract. Yeah. So they fight for nine years straight. And then after the nine years, Named dies of, guess what, guys? Plague! Plague! <laughs> <laughs> Along with 3,000 of his people. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and He's buried on the hill of Ardnamede on Great Island in Cork Harbour. Yeah. The remaining Namidians are then oppressed by the Fomorians, uh, Mork and Conant, who live in Conant's Tower on an island off the coast, which you said was Tory Island, was it? I think there
0: was a different one. That was where Balor had oh,
2: his okay. place, but mm. we'll get yeah. to them later. And then each Samhain, which is Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. The time where the two worlds meet. They must, so the Namidians must give two-thirds of their children their corn and their milk to the Fomorians. After many years, the Namidians rise up against the Formonians and attack Conan's Tower with 60,000 warriors. Nice. I know. Where did all these people come from? I suppose they've been breeding. This they... is why you need even genders, guys. Exactly. You know, you just need a bit of time. Set down roots. You'll be mm. grand. Clear a few fields. Get busy. Yeah.
0: Light some candles. Turn on some... Very K-
1: white. I think a
0: very white. Yeah. <laughs> Bard, white. Bard, Bard white. Bard white. barred
2: barred J- white. My life. <laughs> oh, so the 60,000 warriors defeat Conan and then his pal Mork attacks and almost all of the Namidians are killed in a tidal wave. Oh. Great. Um, They
0: don't land too well, do they?
2: Only 30 men escape. Some of them go into the north of the world. Some go to Britain and become the ancestors of all the Britons. And some go south to Greece. The island would again be empty for another
0: 200 years. And it's interesting, that dividing of three. Mm -hmm. Because now we stop tracing everything back to Noah. We start tracing it back to that divide.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and the fear not the fear dargs
1: fear bollocks <laughs> fear bollocks <laughs> I fear <was> me- <laughs> dargs are the very The yeah.
0: Fomorians the Fomorians yeah. the Fomorians they seem to have always been knocking around there's like nothing of where did they come from but they, they always seem to be there uh, but oh, yeah. they never actually settle in Ireland anymore.
2: but if you see them as more abstract ideas like blight and darkness and, and, and all the bad stuff wind and you know all those things you could just see it as, as a personification
0: of the harsh climate yeah. Yeah. you know yeah and, and then, sort of like nature as a person and then that's what a lot of the, the like the fairies curses would become
1: mm-hmm. and like
0: they said that the fairies are descended from the two De Danon but yeah. the really the maybe the, they're from the Firmorians yeah like the this, bad fairies this idea of what's in the darkness yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting what you're saying about his wife being buried in Arma
2: mm-hmm.
1: in Irish, that's art that's
2: this is like the and her name was Maka
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was Maka, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maka appears several times within Irish mythology mm. as different figures. Mm-hmm. Some of them, she's part of the Tuha De Danann. Mm-hmm. Some of them, she's... Well, it's Named's wife. Mm-hmm. But she's also closely associated with the Morrigan.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. We, we have a number of triple goddesses. Yeah. to confuse everyone.
1: Yeah, so she is one of... The Marigna. She's kind of an equivalent to Morgan Le Fay, who turns up in the Arthurian legends. And yeah. She's a fantastic figure. There's also a wonderful story called The Curse of Maka, <laughs> which is it's about a different version of Maka. Where
0: it's revenge.
1: It's it's a revenge curse. She curses all the men of Ulster that in their hour of greatest need, they'll go into labour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have to do a, uh, an episode on... Revenge stories. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Maka
1: is badass. Yeah. She is badass. She's you don't mess one one with Makka. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, think about uh, Nymed's wife, who's sometimes called Makka and sometimes she's called something else that begins with a D. Uh Dector. Yeah, that's the one.
1: Yeah.
0: But apparently, she got busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is a there's a story that while her husband was you know off doing kingy stuff, she was out well feeling a bit neglected. So she seduced one of the servants. Yeah. And the way that her husband discovered this was he was very into brewing, homebrew making his stuff. Mm-hmm. And he had a very special like prime premium ale was a thing that you accessed via a golden sort of tube, like a straw. And they, while enjoying each other, were enjoying his beer. And they were drinking from this tube. I'm oh, enjoying each other. They enjoyed his beer. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> right.
0: Well, while, while shenanigans were going on, they were drinking beer. Uh, but when he got back... Keep he,
2: that in, please. Okay.
0: When he got back, he you know he wanted a bit of a drink, so he was mm-hmm. drinking straight from the tap. And apparently he could taste the lips of his wife, but also the lips of his servant... Which to me raises a whole question of hang on, uh, how did you know what the servant's lips taste like already? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which just That's just a little side note about Named. <laughs> right, so next people who come to Ireland are the fair bollock. Fair Which um, I feel Which a little bit kind sorry.
1: kind of translates as the bag
2: men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, also the stomach men. Yeah, man. I was going to say the belly men. The yeah. belly men, Yeah. yeah.
0: You feel a little bit sorry for them. You would, you would. They're just like good working class, yes. basically. They solid, were, solid, solid, yeah. salt of the earth. Yeah. Lads. <laughs> so basically, they were off the th- when they divided. They were the three that went to Greece, mm-hmm. or not the three. The, the third that went yeah, to Greece, yeah. and they were in Greece for you know, two hundred or so years. Get and enslaved. They get enslaved, which um, sucks. Yeah. Uh, but they were they were hardworking, skilled people. They were you know they'd been the craftsmen and things, and they got fed up with this being enslaved thing. So they decided to flee and they built their little Kurks, which are these little Ooh. little boats, this sort of like little semicircular discs, like a turtle shell thing, and it's it's basically leather stretched mm. over a wooden frame. So it's
1: they st- they still use them in some places out yeah. west. Not, Not actively but like as like hobby fishing yeah. in your Kurok. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, like, cute. They're,
0: they're reasonably easy to make, they're very light so you can carry mm. them around. But they're surprisingly durable. There's a lot of stories, like some of them are legends as uh, so it might be true, but of people going enormous journeys in these little curricks. And I think they tested them because there's the story that, you know, St. Brendan the Navigator managed to get all the way to America in a little curric, yeah. And some, I think some guy tested it out. Would a curric last that long? And it did. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, like he wasn't going solo. He like he had people in proper boats with him, Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they can, they're surprisingly durable. So they all got in their little mm-hmm. curricks and basically they let the current take them where it would and they fled from Greece and eventually washed up in Ireland. And they settled in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And, sorry, that's Mimi snoring very loudly. She finds this all very boring. <laughs> they settled in Ireland. And they, well, they started, you know, working away. And like I said, they were hardworking. They were skilled. They farmed the land. They divided the country into five provinces. Before it had been divided into four. Uh, but for a long time in Celtic Ireland, it was five provinces. Mm-hmm. There's was uh, Leinster, like- where we live currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Munster, down in the south. Mm-hmm. Connacht. Over in the east and... West. Uh, west. Mm. I didn't do geography. <laughs> Down in the west, the Wisht. The Wisht. West. And that's, you know, that that's quite where the hard land is and it's mm. heller to connect. And then Ulster in the north. But the fifth province is Meath, which is sort of in the middle.
1: Uh, Meath and West Meath. Meath and West Meath. Actually, the Irish word for province is Cooiga, which means fives. <laughs> yep.
0: And now we have four fives. Yeah, the <laughs> We got rid of Meath.
1: But, and Westmeath. But No
0: one likes to talk about West Meath. <laughs> There's nothing in
1: West Meath.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, was sorry once? to anyone yeah. listening from Dunboyne. But um,
1: also, your county is rubbish
0: and you should be ashamed.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but oh. I'm not sorry.
0: As well as dividing the country in five... <laughs> as well as dividing the country into what become the five provinces they also founded the idea of the high king so mm. if there are all these different kingdoms they all serve this one king and the high King seat being on the hill of tara mm. hill of tara it's still there you can go visit it it's got the leofal the stone of destiny which allegedly when the true high king of ireland or high queen places their hand upon it the stone will scream and i went out there with some people from the museum and we all placed our hands on it and the stone didn't scream so we started to scream, <laughs> and then the rain came down. <laughs> You've angered the gods. We've angered the gods. They don't like being shouted at. Yeah. The Fear Bullocks, they're in Ireland for 37 years, mm-hmm. and they're doing pretty well. They're not having much trouble with the Fomorians. They seem to have um, backed off a bit. They're farming the land. Things are going well. But then some other folks show up. <laughs> the two day they downing. Dun, dun, dun! These are actually my favourite ones. So they are, um, of the three that separated, they were the ones that went north. Mm-hmm. What did they do in the north, Shannon?
1: What don't they do in the north? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's the thing. No one actually knows what they did in the north. Except that when they were up there, they gathered magic. They like, yeah. became very wise in magic, very wise in the ways of mysticism. Yeah. And they picked up a couple treasures. Yeah. Including my favourite, the Dagda's cauldron. Oh, what? What is yeah. that? See, the dad, he's one of the, the old gods and one of the two at Adena, but he was, he was the big sort of jolly guy. And he had a number of magical gifts, but one of them was this cauldron that no matter how many people ate from it, it would always be full. Oh, that's brilliant. brilliant. So, which I just think that that's a good thing to have. Yes. Yeah,
1: There's that's... also a wonderful legend about how Ireland got its hills and valleys.
0: Oh, God, no, that's definitely not suitable. Yeah.
1: Look it up. Look up the Dagda and hills and valleys and you will find something very, very interesting.
0: Oh, it's just... Any of the... Almost all of the Dagda stories. They will all have a clean version and then they all have the original version. Yeah. Which if the monks were the ones writing these downs, I question those monks. Not safe for children, lads. So, they do it at Dan, and They've been off gathering their, their magic-y stuff. They've mm-hmm. been gone 30, 37 years or so. And they come back to Ireland. And they are led by Nuada. Yeah. And Nuada decided he liked this place and they weren't leaving. But the other guys were like, it's a bit wet. It's <laughs> raining
2: a lot. Really?
0: So what Nuada, who was their king, their leader did, was he burnt their boats. He set their boats on fire so they couldn't leave. <laughs> yeah. These are the good guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, the, they go into a bit of a, you know, the usual the new guys come in they start fighting they defeat the the fear bollocks the poor bag men
1: Yeah Aww. They don't have a good time with it
0: No and they they banish them yeah. They banish
1: But the Fomorians yeah. make another appearance Yeah
0: The, uh, the fear bollocks have been shipped off to to Connacht Yeah The Tududana they're settling around and they're they're kind of like the elves of Lord of the Rings they're tall they're beautiful they're graceful they don't do a lot <laughs>
1: mm. and so They're the, kind of like yes I am magic let's eat (laughs) (laughs) build fortifications
0: (laughs) they're so ugly
1: yeah they have this whole thing about like purity and wanting everything to be beautiful beautiful and And innocent and just mm. right and perfect and
0: and, they also very strongly subscribe to the idea that goodness on the inside reflects on the outside Mm. so like the whole thing was their king had to be physically perfect yeah which comes out later aww Um,
1: but yeah, because Nuada, once he loses his hand, um, he can't be
0: king anymore. Yeah. Um, the, the Fomorians, they're back on the scene. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they start waging war on them. And they have a big war on the plain of... Ishnach. Plain of Ishnach. And it's there Nuada loses his arm. Gets his arm chopped off. Mm-hmm. And they can't have a one-armed king, even though one of the skilled blacksmiths makes him uh, a silver arm and through magic brings it to life. So he's now Nuada of the mm-hmm. silver arm. Mm-hmm. They go, well... You're not perfect. Mm. If you're not perfect. You can't be king. Yeah, there was this whole idea of like the king being the personification of the land. Yeah. So then we end up with a, a new king. They pick the most beautiful man, and his name is because
1: that's the qualification you
0: need to be king. And the interesting need to thing, be ab- bleeding gorgeous. And the thing about Brice is he was half Tuatha De Danann half Fomorian (gasps) which was sort of like a thing of okay maybe we can join the two peoples together maybe and it's a weird thing uh, the Fomorian a lot of them dress out as giants or hideous but then the occasional one shows up who's pretty easy on the eyes yeah and Bruce he seems to have come from that Mm strain of them and he is I mean he's lovely on the outside, <laughs> not so nice on the inside. He is mean and stingy, and he starts imposing these taxes. And the two of and really don't like paying taxes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even to their hiking. Especially as he's gone back to like the old Femorian style of taxes, which is you give me one third, two thirds yeah. of your money, of your crops.
2: And, and your children. And your <laughs> children.
0: It doesn't actually go into what he does with the children. I, I think I it's, it's to he, build an army. Oh. It's either to build an army or to eat them. Oh. It's one or the other. Uh, anyway, he is doing this for, you know, a while. And uh, the children the are getting fed up and they're complaining. But they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Then along comes a bard. A bard whose name I've forgotten. And... Basically, what he does is he comes to the priest's house for hospitality. You're meant to show hospitality to anyone, but especially to bards. Yeah. They're the the ones who keep the knowledge, know the lore. But he's not shown hospitality. He's shown into a cold cell. He's given bread and water. And he is not happy with this. Mm. So he composes the first satire in Ireland. And it is a satire so great, so scathing that Brice actually becomes physically wounded by it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's a small point, but I just like it that it's I'll sort put of put some ice on that burn. <laughs> I just like it that it's showing sort of very early on the power of story and bards and things yeah. in, in the language and insults. Like if you got insulted by a bard, it was a major thing. Like there was a thing of like if you offended a bard, they could ask you for anything in recompense. Like yeah. There's one king who... Yeah. He's a minor king, he pisses off a bard and the bard says, well, uh. you lost one eye in battle. I'll take the other eye. <gasps> yeah. Oh my so, God. So like you, you don't mess with the bards. So this wounds Breeze, but it doesn't do much. And the two lay down, they're going on, usual stuff, uh, and they basically battle against the Fomorians as the big thing with Balor. Mm-hmm. Balor, the baleful eye. Yeah. Which is a completely different... is a, like, different story from the yeah. invasions, mm-hmm. but... It's one we definitely have to do. Yeah. It's got everything you need. It's got one-eyed giants. It's got princesses locked in towers. Yeah. Babies nearly being drowned. A magical cow. <laughs> Balor, like, isn't... Lou is... Lou is Balor's grandson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, Lou, who's the sun god and father of Cú Chulainn, and... Basically, was he Cú Chulainn's dad, is he? He was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Father of nice. also... Part of a leprechaun origin myth. Yeah, he's, he's a... Lou does a lot of stuff. He's also a god of craftsmen and yeah. art and all that jazz. But he's half Fomorian. Oh, he's, is he? Yeah, his mother was a Fomorian princess called Ethlyn. Oh, so Cú is... T- a, so Cú is... A quarter Fomorian. He's half god, one quarter Fomorian. And what's the other quarter? Human? Uh, human. Oh. Good for him. Yeah, so the two of the eventually defeat the Fomorian... And they think, you know, we've defeated the Femorian. We're the greatest. And then the Milesians come yeah, in. That, mm-hmm. that last third of the people who'd wandered off. Yeah, they were the Milesians. Yeah, they, they were... They're
1: always described where the two of the Danan are kind of regal, noble, magical people. The Milesians are humble, ferocious and vicious, but they're mortal.
0: Yeah, they're the humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're, So the two
2: Daidanen are basically... The, the church's way of... Of dealing with the gods. Yeah, yeah. of levelling out pagan gods yeah, and humanising them. Yeah, like you yeah. can still...
0: Basically going, oh, you can still have these legends, but oh, they weren't gods, they were just really magical people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Milesians come and the Milesians, they're the Gaels, but they're the sons of Neil, who was in Spain, mm-hmm. because uh, Spain is Gaelic as well. Mm-hmm. And story goes, one day he was standing on top of a mountain, as you do, and he looked over and he could see in the very far distance there was an island and he thought that island looked nice <laughs> yeah as you do so he set sail for this island which he could apparently see from Spain and he arrived in Ireland and
1: I'm sure it was only a big island full of foreigners so yeah. they take it over here. yeah
0: but and he he came over and he, he was wandering around going this is a lovely place I love what you've done with it mm-hmm. and the two of I done in were sort of going I think Invasion. <laughs> I think he's planning to move in. He's been measuring all the fields. <laughs> and so they... are getting evaded for carpet. <laughs> so they kill him mm-hmm. and send his body back. And, well, according to the descendants of him, oh, he wasn't planning a, an invasion. He was just a really complimentary man. <laughs> uh, but his sons take an offence to their father being murdered. As, as you do. You do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in every story, you kill a man, his sons are gonna come back. Mm, yeah. don't kill men if they have sons don't kill anyone generally mm-hmm. yeah, um, definitely yeah. not people with sons who will come back and avenge them <laughs> but just any, anyone anyone yeah, is fine so his, uh, his three sons come back to Ireland and say you killed our dad mm-hmm. we're not happy about this and there's 3 do they done in princes and they're like oh shit knew that fellow was trouble well we got ourselves into the trouble but yeah it was his fault really and so they basically persuade these guys let us work out how to, what Rackham has to give you. Can you go sort of nine waves away mm-hmm. in your boat? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the the sons of Neil go, okay, we're a bit confused by this, but as you will. And so they get in their boat and they sail back about sort of nine waves distant from the coast of Ireland. And the two of down start to summon up a storm. And they call on their druids and they summon up. And the sons of Neil, they've been tossed around like, like a, Teak up in a bath, <laughs> and uh, they, they can tell it's a magical spell. So mm-hmm. they, one of them, stands up on sort of climbs on the mast and uses his own magic to battle against them, and gives up his life to save his brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after this, the Malaysians, the sons of Neil, they decided, we're taking that island, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they did. They came, they waged war, and sort of if you go into the, like, the fairy thing, a lot of the Tuatadan thing myths and things, they come sort of pre Iron Age. Mm-hmm. And then when the Malaysians come, we're getting into the Iron Age, mm-hmm. and there's a big thing about fairies and iron.
1: Yeah, oh, is there? Yeah, uh, fairies are highly allergic to iron Mm -hmm. one of the reasons is like they don't have iron in their blood Mm. like humans do Mm -hmm. so if they smell it they kind of start to get dizzy if they touch it it burns them okay so it's also a way to protect yourself against fairies is Mm. you keep some coffin nails in your pocket or you put a horseshoe over your door Mm.
2: coffin nails yeah Yeah. (laughs) just just for a bit of morbidity yeah exactly oh that's what the horseshoe over the door is yeah it's to keep the fairies out oh my god I've seen so many and I thought (laughs) they You're just really
0: horsey people. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they might have been as well, but it, it also keeps you from the. Fairies. No, it was definitely. Yeah, it, it it's definitely the
1: most disposable bit of iron. You know, yeah. And, yeah. Around.
0: Yeah. Um, well, the the two of Dan are said to be sort of the ancestors of a lot of the fairies. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of a scholarly argument that, well, they sort of went away when the Iron Age came in, people with iron tools who could work iron. So sort of they're a memory of pre Iron Age. People who were mm-hmm. then defeated, but the Malaysians they they take over the two two the Danin. They they come to a peace arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> they agree to split the country in
1: half, <laughs> and the Malaysians. Well, the two of they Danin approach the Malaysians with this idea, and the Malaysians agree on the condition they can choose which half. <laughs> and they were are like, yeah, we like every part of Ireland. That's fine. Uh, Two days
0: down and also, once they make a promise they can't break it, they're magically bound by their word. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we, we refer to that as Fwy or under a gesh, which means once you've made an agreement, it's physically impossible for you to not follow through. And the
0: Milesians choose the top half of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Everything from the ground up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then they get so the Tuatha Dé Well, they promised. And they they move underground. <laughs> yeah. And there's sort of this thing that they didn't just go physically underground. They went into the underworld. Yeah. Yeah. And that there's sort of this idea of like the fairy world and the other world and there being all these other places. Some of which you can you can physically get to and some are sort of on another plane. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's like there's the magical island of Tuoneno. Yeah. Which is an island of the Tuatha Dé and the fairies. Yeah. Um, Which is
1: like it's like Neverland. You yeah. like you will always stay young.
0: Yeah, You'll yeah. never grow yeah. old. How how do you get to Tiernan Oak Um, you you find a woman uh, called Neve. Yeah, <laughs> you get on her magic horse. Oh, it was her magic horse? Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. yeah, it's it's basically you have to not only go the, like the physical distance, but you have to sort of travel spiritually as well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you a, can
1: only—it's one of those sort of things. You can only find it
0: if you're not looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of these different places, and you can get to some of them by physically traveling under the ground into the underworld, and then others are seen as more sort of islandy things. But they all sort of seem to be connected. It's sort of a mm-hmm. uh, time and space get a bit wobbly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah it's all within the shadows, like. It's. Like, we are. We are in the, the shadows. shadows. yay, yay! yay! Um.
1: So things like Wishing Wells are seen as portals.
0: Yeah. yeah. A lot of, like, liminal spaces and things. Bogs, because they're neither land yeah. nor water. Yeah. Which is why you get a lot of offerings and things in bogs, the bog bodies. But were they not killings? They a few were, of them
2: were, A few, they few of them were murders. But, but they
0: were, like, ritualistic. A lot of them were ritualistic things. Like, the whole one of the... They, they sort of have to do a bit of guesswork on it because mm. they didn't write a lot of stuff down. But one of the things was that like, because the king was the personification of the land, mm-hmm. if things started going bad, if you've got a bad harvest... You got rid of the king yeah. because he was no longer good. So you'd sacrifice him mm-hmm. and you'd put the body in the bog. Throw him in the bog, yeah. Uh, because that was sort of seen as like sending him back to to the, sending him to the other yeah. world and saying, look, look, this one wasn't very good, so we're returning it.
1: The mm-hmm. interesting <laughs> thing with that, a lot of the bodies were found with their nipples cut off. Oh, yeah. That's the thing about kings oh, and nipples. Oh, no, that's the thing about kings and nipples. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So it was like this form of greeting when you met the king is you
0: suck his nipples, which yeah. is a bit...
1: Yeah. strange but if you cut off the king's nipples when they were dead they couldn't be a king in the yeah. other world yeah. it was either sort
0: of, it was sort of like so showing that you have to kneel down to do it and sort mm-hmm. of showing I am subservient to you and you are nurturing me mm-hmm. in the spirit and the very symbolic you think or they just had a bit of a fetish and they yeah. liked it uh, which possibly both um, another weird thing the kings used to do as well as having their nipples suck they used to have sex with fields <laughs> the, the king was not only the personification of the land but he was mystically married to the goddess of the land yeah he. there, um, there would be a whole wedding ceremony yeah. and he would have to consummate the marriage and they have to keep consummating it at least once a year they don't go into details about how they did this but uh... oh my god this reminds me because there's a very
2: similar story from the Balkans where to, like farmers or whatever would have to like dig a hole into their land right. and
0: f- Fertilize it <laughs> so they'd have a good harvest. Yeah, well, that's what comes from you know the link with the land.
2: Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And just the land, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, it's weird that the, it's quite similar from yeah. the Balkans. But yeah, it was the Malaysians that
0: ended it all, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. we are the Malaysians technically. Well, uh, bits of bit of Viking, yeah, bit of Viking thrown in, Viking yeah. and like Malaysians are
1: the invasion that stick. Yeah. yeah, like they don't get overthrown. They get. Normals. Amalgamated, yeah. Like, kind of the Normans come over, and that's kind of when we start the eight hundred years of oppression. But dun dun dun. yeah, they they kind of integrate with the Malaysians, and yeah. then after that, you get a lot of like the the English coming over trying to take us over. You get the mm-hmm. Vikings, yeah. The like but it's always kind yeah. of they amalgamate yeah. or they take over but they don't drive away yeah. they don't yeah, basically the Malesians
0: were the last supernatural invasion yeah there have been loads of other invasions loads loads uh, but yeah they were the last magic-y ones mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we've just reached <laughs> summer now and we're having a heat wave it's horrible Yeah, it's lovely no I love it. it okay well of the three of us here two of us are melting and Orla is it's 24 result.
1: degrees celsius it hasn't rained in nearly five
2: days <laughs> I miss the rain it's down and I
0: sorry we will not be saying that in November like I don't know at least in the cold you can put on another jumper in the heat you can't take off your skin so that's been (laughs) so that's been a brief discussion on the book of Mm invasions and we've got a lot of other stories in sort of that time period and those cycles that we want to talk about but they're going to have to wait for another episode Uh, I have been Emily Collins I am Orla Devlin and I am Shon nulan And we hope you enjoyed listening to this. And also just want to say thank you to everyone who has still been listening, mm-hmm. everyone who's been rating, reviewing, subscribing. I just discovered on Podtails that we had some reviews from people and they're really oh, nice. That's so nice. So thank you again to everyone who's mm-hmm. written a review. It really means a lot to us, it makes yeah. us feel happy.
2: And um Check uh we'll be posting this hopefully on Facebook and Twitter, but we will be starting a YouTube channel as well. So Ooh, all of our yes. podcasts will be going up on YouTube just as another means for you guys yeah. to
0: listen to them. Yeah. Stay safe, stay in the shadows. I'm Ooh. still trying to work on a send ice. If anyone has an idea for a sign out, uh you can contact us on Twitter, which is at tales Shadows on Facebook at Tales from the Shadows or Instagram, which is also Tales from the Shadows. We do love hearing from you. Bye. 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 Bye.